Hi, I'm Lisa. Welcome to Pillontology, the pod about the wild and wonderful worlds of prescription pill medication. Every epi, I'll feature a pill and talk to a friend, or maybe not a friend, about their experience on that pill. Also a disclaimer, I'm not a doctor or a pharmacist, although sometimes I like to pretend that I am. Hope you enjoy. Today we're doing Sertaline, aka Zoloft. Zoloft is an SSRI, most commonly prescribed for depression, OCD, panic, and PTSD. It's also sometimes prescribed for social phobia and other phobias. Today we're going to talk to David, who's been taking Zoloft since 2012. What up? David is the first boy on the pod. I'm proud to do it. I appreciate. He is in a good mood because... Liverpool. Liverpool won, and he loves soccer. So, I'm going to ask you when you first got prescribed Zoloft, (laughs) like how that was, but I also want to know about just your history with antidepressants. Absolutely. If I can, can you hear me through the mask? It's a little muffled. Okay, take the mask off. We're six feet away. Just want to clarify one thing you said. Um, Liverpool didn't just like win a game; they won the Premier League title for the first time in thirty years. Oh, Yesterday, right. we were recording the podcast the day after, so yeah. Cheers. Cheers. I'm very happy. All right. I got distracted by Liverpool. What was the question? I wanted to know when you first started antidepressants. Okay. First started antidepressants when I was second grade, so seven years old or eight years old, I think because I developed a phobia of germs and was diagnosed with OCD. So I started going to a child psychiatrist and then they prescribed me, I don't remember what at first, maybe like Paxil, maybe Zoloft. Yeah, I've been, I have been on Prozac. I've, I've been on like all of those at one point or another. In what way was your germophobia debilitating? I wouldn't let people touch me. At all. Yeah. Um, if people touch me, I had to, like, wash off where they touched me and stuff. Do you ever think that maybe subconsciously it was a protective mechanism to be that way? Um, that's interesting. I mean, I do think anxiety is a protective mechanism. I mean, of course it is. But, I mean, germs, that's a very common way that OCD presents itself right and I I remember the way that it developed was I got these like new shoes that I really liked because they were these black and white Reebok sneakers and I just became like obsessed with keeping them clean I just kept them in my closet and I wouldn't let I wouldn't even wear them I was just like these need to be like preserved Mm -hmm. and then I got freaked out that like something that touched me would touch the shoes or something like that and it just spiraled it just and yeah so it was definitely like pretty debilitating I'm sure like my teachers and stuff noticed um did you ever wear the shoes I don't remember if I ever ended up wearing the shoes now uh it's interesting that your parents were tuned into you that much that they took you to a psychiatrist no they were great like um I mean, I don't remember much because I was very young, but 
I don't think it went on for like that long without them knowing something was up and treating it. I mean, I'm sure that because I wouldn't let I wouldn't even let them touch me. Like I wouldn't oh. let anybody in the house touch me, not just like strangers or people at school. Like I wouldn't let I wouldn't like hug them or anything anymore. So I think it like really bummed them out. Wow. Yeah. So what was the treatment like? Do you remember that? Very vaguely, like I remember the going to the office. And it was, like, very, like, kind of like what you see in movies with psychiatrists. Like, they had me, like, draw a picture of my family and stuff like that. And I just drew, like, a normal picture of a family. Like, nothing, like, no big clues there as to something, like, going on. And the office was set up so that, like, kids wouldn't get, like, super bored during their appointments. So, like, I was just, like, shooting on this little kind of, like, Nerf hoop for the entire hour. Um, and then the psychiatrist would just, like, ask me questions, which frankly didn't seem to be, like, I remember they didn't seem, like, that directly about germs or anything. It was just kind of, like, life questions. I guess he was trying to, like, establish a bond or something. And then only once you went, or how many times? Mm Mm-mm. I went, I saw him on, like, a weekly basis, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And then he retired, and I started seeing another doctor a few years later. I remember you telling me about how one doctor did exposure therapy with you to Mm -hmm. try to expose you to germs so that you would become desensitized. Yeah, he was great. Um, Yeah, that's what really, like, helped me overcome the germ stuff was I did CBT, so I would go... And this is probably in, like, middle school. So by this point, I was probably, like, 12 or 13. And the I got over, like, not touching people. That didn't last that long, maybe, like, a few months or half a year or something. Um, but I, but then I continued to have, like, a general phobia of germs. Like, I washed my hands a lot and had that kind of common thing with people who have OCD and germ phobia where, like, you know, you, like, wash your hands, like, raw. So it wasn't as acute by the time I was, like... 11 or 12, but yeah, we decided to try CBT, so I went to a doctor specializing in that, and we did, like, exposure therapy, so I would go to this... McDonald's. Yeah, we went to McDonald's, because <laughs> during one of my appointments, we went to McDonald's, and I had to, like, touch stuff in the bathroom, because he would ask me... You know, like, rate on a scale of 1 to 10, like, how nervous you are about touching this, this, or this, or, like, being supposed to this, this, or this. And I would always lie about, so, like, to exaggerate how scared I would be, Mm because I didn't want to do, like, the really scary stuff, right? But, yeah, I had to go, we had to go to McDonald's, I had to, like, touch some stuff and not wash my hands. Um, And then he would give me homework, too, so I had to, like... In between appointments, I'd have to, like, touch trash at home, like, bathroom trash or something like that. Nothing, like, um, unhygienic or bad, but, like... Sounds unhygienic, though. Yeah, I mean, it was, like, tissue or something that was in the trash. You weren't going up and... I didn't touch, like, bodily fluids. Okay. I was envisioning you going to a toilet seat at McDonald's and, like, wiping it with your bare hand. Uh, probably not that, probably not the seat. Eh, maybe, maybe. 
but not if there was like stuff on it. I have a theory that OCD is protective because I think the people who have OCD probably have sensitive immune systems. Maybe they're just more scared of contamination because it could be detrimental to their health. Yeah. Um, could be. I mean, I think there, there definitely is like an adaptive function. Yeah. And actually that helped to like destigmatize it for me, I think, when I was young. Because I, I didn't want to tell, like, any of my friends or anything that I had OCD. And I probably didn't until, like, high school. I remember my mom saying at some point that... Because um, she's had, like, similar issues. Not OCD, but, like, anxiety and stuff like that. And she was like, the world needs, like, a certain number of us to be, like, at a heightened sense of, like, alertness to threats and stuff like that. That was really... It. You know, I think extremely helpful because it made me feel like I wasn't, like, wrong. Like, I was, like, helpful, you know, mm-hmm. in a weird way. So. That's really sweet of your yeah. mom. She was great about all stuff. I mean, so was my dad. I was very fortunate to have very attuned and sensitive parents. Yeah, you are. Shout out to Larry and Susan. What up? Um, do you remember how the meds made you feel as a child? Um... No. I mean, I guess the meds must have, like, gotten it somewhat under control because, like I said, that episode with me not letting people touch me didn't last that long. But, no, I don't remember any, like, side effects. No. Um, I remember being asked about that a lot in therapy, like, if I was feeling... And maybe there must... Maybe there was something because I would change medication from time to time. Mm Mm-hmm. But, no, I don't remember anything in particular. Do you remember ever being off of the meds? You said you have been on and off a number of times. Yeah, well, I just stopped completely um, when I was, like, 18. I just stopped taking them, uh, and I felt fine. Um, Not different at all? Not that I can remember, but I mean, I I I kind of just like felt like young and invincible, and I was like, this is like not like me on pills is not who I am. I had this kind of uh, like naive approach to it. Where I was just like, yeah, I'm just gonna stop taking them, and I didn't like tell my parents or anything. So mm-hmm. I just stopped taking them for a while. And my parents found out and were not pleased. But I talked to my psychiatrist and. They were just like, yeah, if you don't want to be on the pills, then you can be off them. But you should not just quit cold turkey like that. That's actually really impressive that you were able to do that at 18. Yeah, although I don't think it was that smart. Probably wasn't smart, but adventurous. Sure. So you also take one milligram of clonopin. That's correct. Do you take it all at once or you break it up throughout the day? Uh, I take it all at once right now, but I'm thinking about changing that up. Morning or? I take in the morning, which is kind of silly, because it does reduce your energy. I mean, it just makes you tired. It's well, the biggest side effect. Well, high anxiety probably brings you to a normal level. Yeah, but I mean, I definitely feel tired after I take it. When did you start taking the clonopin? Um, 20... 
12-ish. So I was off I was off meds during college. And then when I was working and my first job after I graduated, my first like long-term job after I graduated, I started to get kind of OCD symptoms again. Like what? Like when I was stressed at work, I would notice I would, I would just like do weird stuff like squinting or just like little ticks and stuff like that. And like I knew from having OCD my whole life, I was like, oh, this is an OCD thing. But the reason that I went to see the psychiatrist was because I started to get like real anxiety about certain things like presenting at work and I was starting to have to do that more often and stuff like that. So, so I tried like a bunch of natural stuff like kava kava and valerian mm-hmm. and stuff like that, which I think kind of worked as like a placebo thing. But um, I don't know if there was one particular thing that triggered it, but I just decided I was going to try to go back on meds. So you started Zoloft and Clonopin at the same damn time? I think so. I think so. And do you still get anxiety when you have to do speaking or... No. That's and amazing. I, I don't know if that's... But I feel like that's more because I have had to do it uh, a lot. And I've just gotten used to it more than the meds. I mean, the meds certainly help. Like, people always tell me I'm like very calm and high pressure situations and stuff like that and I'm sure the meds are a big part of that um but yeah and I mean of everything that I've done as treatment CBT was by far the most effective like I just think that's incredible like it, it was just like a miracle that's that great work for me yeah I only believe in pills yeah, well, I mean, I think the combo has been good for me, but CBT in particular. Because, like, talk therapy, I just don't think ever did all that much for me. I know mm-hmm. it does a lot for a lot of people, but the CBT was just, it was just crazy. Like, now, I haven't had an issue with germs since I did that, and that was, I don't know, probably like 18 years ago. And I'm probably less grossed out about germs now than most people. So I was wondering, do you think the pandemic has made you more aware of how scared of germs you are compared to other people? Uh, that's I interesting. Think... I haven't really thought about it like that. Because for, for me, it was never like germs, like, oh, I'm going to get sick. It was just like, oh, that's gross. And if that's on me, I'm going to like know that I have a gross thing on me or I touched a gross thing or something like that. It was never about like germs that would make me sick. I was never concerned about that. It was this notion of just, like, dirtiness or just, like, grossness. Like, yeah. Like, contamination, exactly. Yeah. Do you see yourself going off of meds ever? Uh, maybe. Um, I mean, I think right now I'm at a pretty good place where, you know, there are no serious side effects. I mean, I might want to reduce the clonopin just because it... You know, and because then I would probably have more energy. Mm-hmm. The Zoloft, I don't think I have any side effects from. So. You don't see anything that's forcing you to have to do that, but maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I mean, somebody I talk about with my psychiatrist, but it's like, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. You know, like it's under control. So. Yeah, I get. I don't know. I know when I'm depressed, when, like, I become 
really focused on getting off pills rather than just like accepting that this is my state of being now and living with them. That's interesting. The, I mean, the one thing actually that would make me want to get off it is like, I know I'm, I mean, I'm addicted to clonopin. Like I know I am. Like my body depends on it. There have been times where I've been like running out of clonopin and because it's a controlled substance, you have to like schedule time yeah. with a therapist and stuff. And like sometimes it's worked out where like I would have a week without it. So I would like go to a friend who also had a clonopin prescription Mm-hmm. And be like, I need a week supply, and I would just feel like a junkie, doing that. But, but you haven't like tried... I needed it. Well, you don't know. You haven't tried getting off of it, have you? Uh, not really. But like, I've I've gone like a few days, and I've like felt it, and I've been like, oh shit! Like I just need something to make me not anxious. Like well, it's like you... a it's like if it's withdrawal. So are you shaking and? Uh, I just feel generally anxious. Uh, just like. A generalized anxiety, and yeah, I'll I'll be like sweating for no reason mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Like it, it really is just like it feels like mental and physiological withdrawal, which freaks me out. But um, well, you shove that aside. The <laughs> <laughs> I guess if I wanted to get off it, I would just have to taper it, you know, to deal with that. Like, it would be very hard to, like, quit cold turkey because of that, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, it's not a serious withdrawal from, like, heroin or something. But, I, I mean, I just know, like, my body's dependent on it. Yeah. Do you worry about your memory ever? No. Why? Is that a, is that a thing? Uh, should, I, should I be? Um, I was prescribed benzos, but I was... Um, teetering on like needing them every night and it freaked me out and one of the reasons it freaked me out was because you know I'll have a glass of wine or I'll drink beer and I think the interaction is memory loss you know when people take Xanax and drink they completely black out oh yeah no whenever I've taken Xanax and drink yeah it's weird because I don't like act like a drunken idiot but the next day I just I cannot remember a goddamn thing yeah but I guess it started to worry me because I do think the more substances you put in your body, the more reality becomes distorted. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I think for me, actually, it's, I don't know, in a weird way, I feel like I'm more attuned to reality when I'm on my prescription medication because it puts me out of my own head, you know? Like, it let, yeah. it, it causes those, like, repetitive thoughts, and, and it just gets me out of my own head and allows me to be, like, more present. That's good. That's yeah. really great. Do you, have you ever had a time in your life where you felt like that without pills? Oh, sure. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, I got used to it in college when I was off pills, but I would also have anxiety about certain things. So I ended up, in college, I, I ended up getting, um... Prescription for Ativan, just, like, take as needed for, like, when I had little episodes and stuff. Because um, I had one kind of, like, panic attack type thing. Um, Over what? I had, like, three exams in one day. And the night before, I just could not sleep. Mm-hmm. So I, I, like, literally did not sleep the night before, and I was a zombie the next day. And after, like, doing well in those courses all year, I just, like, sucked on the final exams. Did you still do okay? For the year? Yeah. 
Yeah, I did, like, okay. I didn't, like, fail the classes or anything. But that prompted me to be like, okay, I need something for when... You can't sleep. Yeah, or when the anxiety becomes too much. Because I had anxiety about a couple other things in college, too. I wonder if your parents had never noticed your anxiety, how your life would have been different without the pills. Because one thing I have noticed on pillontology mm-hmm. is a lot of people... What they described that they had prior to taking pills doesn't seem that different from how they are now on pills. Yeah, I mean, I hope it's not that different. It just, you know, I just feel like I have my issues under, like I'm the same person, but I have my issues under control. And that's the thing I was scared about that made me want to stop taking pills altogether when I was 18. But like, you've known me when I was on pills and off pills I mean obviously I was a very different person in high school just for I think various different reasons but that's that's nice to hear because then because you've known me when I was on and off them and if I didn't seem that different then I don't think the pills changed me that much you've always been Deagold thank you uh Deagold was our graduation speaker and it's what he is most known for in my parents mind but also my mind because they always talk about it. Thank you. a very good graduation speech. Thank you. It kind of blows my mind that, like, I did that. Because I was definitely off pills at that point. And, like, that's, like... Like, I've had phobias or whatever about giving presentations. And that's, like, by far the most people I've ever spoken to. And you I did definitely did that off pills. You did an excellent job. Um, I didn't know you were off pills. That's cool. Yeah, because it was definitely... It was towards the end of high school that I got off them. Do you remember that speech at all? Yeah, I remember speech. I'll see you in hell. Yeah. Should we do a word from the sponsor? Sure. Pillontology, sponsored by Adderall. <laughs> Pill to all children. Seems like kind of a conflict of interest, but... Well, you said your mom has some anxiety stuff, mm-hmm. and, that's, and she was the most comforting person in this whole thing. Yeah. Does anybody else in your family have anxiety issues or depression issues that you are willing to talk about? No, not really. My mom's also just like a big believer in therapy and medicine for psychiatric issues. Like whenever I say that I have like any kind of like mental health issue, she's like, oh, I'm sorry, you got that for me. <laughs> just like not how genes work, but it's, it's very sweet. So um, healthy, yeah. And... I'm sorry you got that from me. <laughs> so, yeah, no, she was definitely, like, the person who I always felt, like, comfortable. I mean, I always felt pretty comfortable talking to the rest of my family, but, like, for her, it was just, like, she was always like, oh, yeah, like, I get this. Like, I know what you're going through, and here's how... Here's what helps. And she hands you a pill? Well, I mean, she <laughs> got me... She sent me to therapists who would prescribe me pills. Um, she has offered me drugs before. Like when we were kids, she would <laughs> give us, she would see if we needed like Xanax or something for flights and stuff like that. She's pretty harmless. Really sweet. But did yeah. you have a fear of flying? No. Oh. I wanted to ask. You are an avid music listener. Does music help quell your anxiety or get you out of your head? It's an interesting question. Um, sure. 
Yeah, I mean, it can definitely um, alter my mood. Yeah, sometimes I'll listen like calming music, but I think like for me, calming music is not like what other people listen to. Like I don't listen like Enya or like. Is it like gangster rap? Yeah. Often. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like familiar or like uh, like R and B. Frank Ocean is very soothing to me. He's soothing. Yeah. I I think that about you that you always have a soundtrack to your life, and I wonder if it's like a way to connect with something outside of your head because you're so intellectual. It's oh, like something yeah. that you feel. That's why I've not I've I've never thought about it like that, but I definitely do like to have music on in the background. And it definitely can help my mood. I mean lately I don't think I've like really had issues with depression in I don't know how long. But like I think like everybody with COVID, it's just like a depressing situation, right? Yeah, I mean I think you had a lot of things stacked on top of each other. Like you moved here, then COVID happened. Yeah. New single life, you know? Mm-hmm. And single life is not that exciting during COVID. It's not. There are really no upsides. Um, well, okay, so my last question is, would you recommend Zoloft? Uh, I think if your mental health professional prescribes it, Sure. Oh my god, everybody says the same thing. Everybody says it. Everybody that's, says. That's responsible. <laughs> I know what I'd recommend. Um, what about Clonopin you'd recommend? I already know. I don't know. I don't know. Clonopin, one thumbs up. One thumb up. Zoloft, two thumbs up. Clonopin, probably just one. Because it does have real side effects. And potential for abuse? Uh... Yeah, I mean, it definitely does have potential for abuse. I really like it when rappers, like, shout out drugs that I've been prescribed. All of, I mean, I know all the drugs they're shouting out. (laughs) Promethazine made it onto another episode. Oh, really? Wow. There was a shout out to Promethazine. Antihistamine life. I'm trying to think if there are any other drugs I want to shout out. Um, Propranolol? Have you ever taken Propranolol? Oh, I have, actually, yeah. That's a good yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. That's a beta blocker. I totally forgot about that. Shit. What it does is it uh, inhibits physiological symptoms of anxiety, so you can go and give a speech if you need to, or if you have social anxiety, take it before a party. Yeah, I, I had a prescription for that uh, at one point. What happened to it? From my, from my Russian doctor. Oh. And you should say it like that. Um, I don't know. I think the and made that kind of unnecessary. Oh, you had a cabal of Russian psychiatrists that were, like, running a racket in New York? <sighs> yeah, it was just a complete pill mill, sadly. I mean, fortunately, like, I think I, I was responsible because I I had psychiatrists basically my whole life, and I, like, knew what worked and what didn't work for me. Mm-hmm. So I didn't go there and be like, Give me I this. need, you know ten different things. I was just like, this has worked for me in the past. But they just, yeah, thought they'd just give whatever. Did they know your name? Yeah, but they'd always get really confused because there was someone else with my name who was like twice my age there. They'd always be like, wait a second. Is <laughs> <laughs> um, that our cue to... That's our cue to go. That is... We'll put her on. 
It's a special guest. We'll wait. Special, special guest. Oh, hi. Hi. Oh, Pillantology. I didn't bring pills, but I brought rosé. Good. Nice. All right, Pillantology, we out. All right, peace out, y'all.